This is a podcast for curious readers. Hey there, podcast people. Welcome back to yet another episode of Book Pros. And on this episode, Alex uh, is with me. And we sat down and talked about uh, some of our favorite most recent titles in feminist dystopian fiction. So uh, she kind of took more of the um, sci-fi fantasy titles, ones more recent ones that she's read. And I covered more of the contemporary um, literature titles that I've read over the last couple years. This is also the first time that we're attempting, uh, I was attempting to record a podcast over Zoom. So um, yeah, it'll be what it'll be, <laughs> I guess. We, I've, I've never tried it before. I think it turned out okay, but uh, you know, some of the audio quality is not the greatest because we were doing it over Zoom. Um, but it was fun to do because I was just sitting down in my basement and Alex was in her house. Um, and if you can hear noises in the background, it's probably my daughter running around upstairs or, you know, something happening upstairs. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, regardless of the quality of the audio, it was a really fun conversation. And, um, you know, I think most people, when they think of feminist dystopian fiction, think of The Handmaid's Tale. And while I love The Handmaid's Tale and I've read it multiple times, um, there are new titles, too, that fall into that category that kind of um, take the baton from The Handmaid's Tale and, uh, and expand on the genre. So <clears throat> they're really, they were, it was fun to talk about. These books were really great to read. I've read quite a few over the past couple years, and so has Alex. So <clears throat> it was fun for both of us to kind of just nerd out a bit on this genre and have fun talking to each other. And we both came away with, you know, a few more titles that we wanted to read, not that we need them, because our TBR piles are ever-growing, as any avid reader can attest to. So, really fun conversation. I hope you enjoy the episode. Alex and I had a good time recording it, so... Yeah, um, as always, you can let us know if you have any um, thoughts or questions or ideas for podcast episodes. You can uh, leave comments on our Instagram uh, posts if you like. And I think that's it. Don't, don't forget to um, rate and subscribe and like us on the platforms where you listen. And enjoy the episode. Okay, so I should be recording now. Okay. So, it's it. Progress. Yeah. Did you hear it? Okay, good. Because this is the first time I'm doing it. So we could do this whole thing and it might not record <laughs> anything. I don't know. But yes. I have my tea. And, yeah. Hear it. Yeah. So I'm how good. are you? I'm good. I'm drinking yeah. a um, strawberry vanilla soda. Oh, that sounds much better than what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a you've been sick for a month tea. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but it's good. It's nice and warm, so that's fine. Yeah. How was work? Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, did you watch Game of Thrones yet? I watched the first half. I have not finished. Okay. Still looking for Aegon. They're still looking for Aegon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I'm just <laughs> so. I what love last it so much. Was so good. So I'm. I'm excited. Yeah. I was. I was saying to Dan afterwards, we were talking about, like, just a little bit talking about it, and I was like, because I geek out on it more than he does. He likes it, but he hasn't read the books or, like, and he likes it, but he doesn't get as into it as I do. And uh, I was, 
we were talking about it and I was like, it's so like the scope of it is not scope. I don't know the word, like it's smaller because it's only, it's just really this family and the surrounding political tension. And it's so much more, I feel like it's so much more political and the, mm -hmm. the story is so much smaller, but there's so much depth to it because like that scene from last week where they're all standing after the funeral, they're all standing out on that like kind of courtyard area. And all it is really is like these little snippets of conversation and little glances mm -hmm. back and forth. And you're just like, you can, you can just see the tiny moves that everybody is like trying to make to like, I don't know. Yeah. To get what they want. It's, it's so good. I love it. Oh, I can't wait for you to finish this episode. Yeah. Hopefully tonight. I go in yeah. late. I go in late Wednesday mornings. So that's when I like okay. Stay Tuesday nights. I catch up on my, <laughs> yeah. On my shows. yeah, we watch, we usually watch it on Monday night because we're mm -hmm. too, we're too old to stay. We, we don't start watching things at nine o'clock on a Sunday night. We're, we're heading to bed by that point. So I'm I, watching I, Walking Dead Sundays at nine. Are you? Last couple episodes. It was like five of the, whole, of the whole series, right? Of the whole series. Yeah. There's a bunch of spinoffs that they're doing. So yeah. like, we tried to watch. We were into The Walking Dead for a long time, for a couple years, and then after I think it was like the season after Negan killed Glenn, we watched that whole other season at, or the whole yeah season after that, and maybe part of the one after that too, and I don't know what it was. It was like I just I couldn't. We, we just kind of, it just, we just kind of petered out on it, I guess. That's when a lot of people stopped. Yeah. And then we started, we tried to watch that Fear the Walking Dead show yeah. and, we, and we didn't really, we couldn't really get into that either. Yeah. But yeah. A couple seasons, like two seasons after that, they had a new showrunner and they like really like re whatever. ramped it up. Yeah. It was yeah. Really good. yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that it's really good still. I just, I, we haven't gotten back into it at all too much game of thrones and lord of the rings <laughs> everything else but yeah yeah so i was excited I, i'm i'm excited i god i love this show so much yeah. i also just started watching sorry this is not an episode about what we're watching but it could be i guess um i just i was just started watching the um the empress it's like a german okay. yeah series that's on netflix and um it's really yeah it's really good it's and it's a lot of history that i didn't no, like I didn't, I'm very familiar with more like English and even French, like, you know, like revolutionary history and stuff, but this is more like the Habsburgs and like Vienna, okay. that area in the 1800s. It's, it's very interesting. I didn't, and I didn't know any, really any of it. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. I know that I know the name Habsburg. Like I, mm -hmm. I know a little bit of, but that's about it. Like, I don't know. I didn't know any of that other stuff, but yeah, it's fascinating. But yeah. yeah, the the wedding I went to this weekend was semi Lord of the Rings themed. Mm. It was no, the I... most like tastefully nerdy. Yeah, that it could it could have been so tacky. Yeah, not good. And it was not. I mean, yes, they walked out to the Lord of the Rings theme, and yes, both the bride and groom were wearing capes, but they were classy. Like <laughs> that's amazing, worked. though. And no, I've been. I was. Yeah. Years ago, friends of our, our friends of ours, um, Mike and Laura, oh, um, yeah. they they Mike D and Laura DMs a ton of the D and D groups mm -hmm. that we that we play in, and um, 
their wedding was Lord of the Rings themed and it was beautiful. Like she walked out to the, um, the Hobbit, uh, what's it called? The Mike's going to burning hobbits. Yeah. Thank you. She, that's what she walked down the aisle to. It was beautiful, but yeah, it was the same thing. It was really well done. It was really beautiful, but it was all Lord of the Rings themed, but just like in really cool, not over the top, but really like classy kind of ways. It was just, it was really fun. It was was a Quidditch couple. They, they did. (laughs) So it all makes sense. They were, they were just, were you there, were you at the shop that day? These two, um, these twin girls came in and they were probably about 11 or 12 and they were, they were identical twins and they were with their grandma or something and they were shopping around and they went and they, um, saw like a couple of the little Harry Potter things we have down Mm -hmm. on the, on the shelf in middle grade. And they started talking about Harry Potter and I was standing there and I, I said something, I don't remember what it was, and they turned and they were like, you like Harry Potter? And I was like, oh my gosh, I love Harry Potter. <laughs> and they, so then they go, so they, then they go off on this. They said, we have um, every, we have the whole first movie memorized or something. And then they start in sync together, <laughs> quoting the classroom scene with Hermione and and Ron. And it's not Levio, it's not Leviosa, it's Levi- yeah. And they were doing it the whole the whole thing like in like in complete tandem, and then they just kept like geeking out about all that. It was just it was really cute. Was that's really cool. sweet. Aww. Yeah, yeah. It, it made me so happy. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, but they were they loved it. Anyway, so anyways, we are actually going to talk about feminist dystopian <laughs> fiction. So maybe first we should just talk about what it is, like sure. like what defines it and what like you know what it is. So um, obviously anything that's feminist is the underlying idea is women's uh search and battle for equality i guess and that can take many forms it can be uh yeah it can take lots of different forms so mostly about the subjugation of women throughout history but usually in some kind of future or near future ish kind of time right does that sound like a good explanation of it (laughs) <laughs> I I went looking um to see what like the mm-hmm. actual definition of a dystopia is and yep. I did not know the five characteristics. Yes, there are. Which I have pulled up is that Go for information, it. independent thought, and freedom are restricted or censored. Mm-hmm. A figurehead or concept is worshipped by the citizens. Citizens are perceived to be under constant surveillance citizens have a fear of the outside world and that is four characteristics <laughs> and five uh, yeah huh. i'm trying to think off the top of my head what, what the <laughs> fifth one is i thought i was prepared i'm about to add it to the i don't have it dry because yeah i i went through and read it as well but i now i don't have it pulled up in front of me other aspects are that the society is an illusion of a perfect utopian world Mm -hmm. um citizens conform to uniform expectations individuality and dissent are bad lots of bad things pretty much yes and i think right especially right now mainly well because of the tv show and also just because of current events i think a lot of things that people think of when if you say feminist dystopian fiction one of the first things people think is the handmaid's tale which is a really good example of that um but there's so much more in the genre than just the handmaid's tale even though it's that's a wonderful story i mean it's not a wonderful story but you know what i mean (laughs) it's it's a classic is what i mean (laughs) 
And another classic, I know that one that we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, Octavia Butler. Um, Parable of the Sower. Sower, yeah. which I recently went back and tried to reread and could not. Um, couldn't do what? it. Too, it was too real. Yeah. Too possible. Yep. Um, which the same thing that happened when I tried to watch The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Yes. Yeah. I've only watched the first season. Oh, yeah. Too much. If that's Um, too much, don't keep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a doozy. But Parable of the Sower, the other thing is that it takes place. Do you know what year it takes place in? I should because I read it, but I don't remember. It's not. It's relative. It's like right around our times, isn't it? I feel it's like twenty twenty five. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Which is Which not is bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when I was reading it. It was a, a, I reread it a couple years ago, and as I because I had read it a long time ago, and when you read things as like a teenager or whatever, it just it doesn't always hit the same way. Like I liked it when the first time I read it when I was younger, but it didn't. It seemed, because it was the 1990s, so, like, it seemed so, like, of a far-off future that, like, oh, this is just too weird. But when I read it again a couple years ago, I was like, oh, like, yeah, this, this is not even, not even possible, but, like, this is kind of (laughs) happening. And so, I mean, we know the story. If anyone Mm -hmm. doesn't, it's, again, in 2025, a black teenager living in a, in, in California, which has been environmentally destroyed and mm-hmm. is socially chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lives in a gated compound community and leaves there as terrible things are happening and goes on the road, starts her own community, becomes a leader, a kind of religious leader yeah. of people. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, totally different than something like Handmaid's Tale, but both yeah. really classic examples yeah. of a feminine feminist dystopia yeah those are probably the two most common like most famous i would say like that people think of and, and they're and i read both of them and i love both of them but i also want like there are so many other ones in recent years too that right. i think if you like that type of thing these would also be really good books to yeah. read too so so you have more of the like sci-fi yeah like ones and i have i have more of the like literary fiction or just like contemporary fiction ones so yeah. even though we some of the ones like we've both read some of them too but yeah. we're trying to parse out we don't want to repeat <laughs> so why don't you go first what is what is one that you've read that you love okay so one that i read pretty recently is called goldilocks by laura lamb and that came out, let me see, April 2020. Um, so I think a lot of people missed it. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the first- I wonder, I wonder why. <laughs> I can't imagine. Hmm, what was happening in April 2020? Uh, it's one of the first books that I put in our um, sci-fi fantasy subscription box. Yeah. Um, because I read it and loved it so much right away. Um, so it's about a team of female astronauts on a spaceship looking for a new home for humanity while earth is collapsing under all of these catastrophic everything basically climate change and epidemics and erosion of women's rights um and the reason they're on the ship they were the original crew for this mission but then 
as women's rights are being more and more restricted, they were replaced by a male crew. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning, they end up stealing the ship and okay. heading out into the outer universe. space. Yeah. To find what they call like the, the Goldilocks, I don't remember if it's the Goldilocks nebula or planet, which will be just right for human habitation. Got it. Okay. Um, it's so good. We have had it, it on the shelves for a long time, yeah. and I've always thought I should pick that up because you rave about it. <laughs> and it seems like something I would love because I also love sci fi. But yeah. And so it's interesting. It's a little bit different than some other stuff because yes you have all the catastrophes going on on earth but most of it does take place on this ship Mm -hmm. so it is just these i think five women pretty isolated trying to save humanity while there are flashbacks of things that led to everything going wrong and then obviously things start going wrong on the ship really wild twists and turns um yeah it's really good <laughs> and you don't want to say anymore because <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to spoil it i do yeah. think it would make an awesome movie um oh, it yeah. is very claustrophobic though it's like yeah. in this ship almost the whole time very claustrophobic but it's really got really interesting character work that's going on okay while there is space adventure yeah. and basically post-apocalyptic world i i like that i like that form of storytelling too that that you're you're reading in the present and you're getting so like they're dropping hints and then there's flashbacks Mm -hmm. that kind of fill in the gaps that like like help you like i like when they don't just hand it all to you at the beginning or they don't you know what i mean like i like when it's kind of you have to kind of figure it out as you go i enjoy that in well, in any book, really, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like I said, the the twists, the reveals are all really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's one. It's one that I. Yeah, it's one, and it is, and it's out. It's it's paperback already because, like you said, it came out in twenty twenty, so it is out in paperback already. But it's one that it's like, well, on my ever growing TBR pile, actually. <laughs> yeah, Goldilocks, and it, that's not the. Is that the name of a real? That's not the name of like a real thing in space, is it? Or Good is question. It- so I just looked, and it's the Goldilocks zone is what they call it in the book. Um, let's see. Yeah, that is a NASA term. Oh, really? Okay. Habitable zone in the range of distance with the right temperatures for water okay. to remain liquid, so not too hot and not too cold for water to exist is yeah. the. it's it's funny Ailish was just asking me the other day I don't don't know what made her think of it I wonder if they were talking about something at school about it but she said something about our planet and then uh, oh she said ask me to name other planets and then so I did I named some of the other planets and she said what other planets have people and I was like none (laughs) that we know of and then she was like what like that was such a weird concept like what do you mean and I was like well you know we're the only ones that we know of there might be other ones but we haven't found them yet and whatever but like we were just talking a little bit about that about how like you need certain things for there to be life on a planet and so as far as we know (laughs) aside from didn't they just say that they found something on mars what did they find water or they found 
on water. Yeah, I was listening to something the other day. It, it clearly sunk in because I don't remember any of it. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking like, oh, that's cool. But yeah. Do you want to go back and forth or do you want to um, like Let's do a bunch of years? Okay. All right. So the first one I'll talk about is one of the more recent ones that I read um, called The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan. And it came out um, in January of this year. So it doesn't come out in paperback until February of this coming year. So, um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it's called The School for Good Mothers. And I think I've talked to you about this before, right? Yes. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I always do. Anytime I have a good, like weird, like <laughs> kind of dystopian thing, I'm like, I have to tell Alex about this. Um, so it's a story, again, like a near future America um and it has kind of like flavors of the handmaid's tale a little bit um so it's the near future america but there's um it's kind of almost um orwellian a little bit like 1984-ish where like the government is um overreaching in some ways and one of the ways they're doing it in this one and i mean as you could imagine a lot of those ways affect women um, and so in this one, it's, um, they have these schools set up, which are more like prisons, but they call them a school. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they, they call them the school for good mothers, but the, what happens is the government, there's a government reform program. And if you are reported as being a bad mother, and that can mean lots of different things so in this story the main character um she i forget what her name is what is her name um all right i can't remember it'll come to me um <laughs> but she um has a bad day and like a bad parenting day and anyone who has small kids knows that like it's it's inevitable. Like you do, you just have bad parenting moments. You have bad parenting days where things are just out of control. You're sleep deprived. You're, you're whatever you are. And, and the child, the baby, the child, whatever is being a baby or a child. And it's really hard sometimes. And she has a bad day and she, um, leaves the house, leaves her child at home. Mm -hmm. and I think, I think at the time her daughter's like two ish, maybe. And then she she leaves to go like down to like a convenient like whatever and she, she realizes her mistake like she kind of realizes like oh my god she's in kind of like this overtired mothering fugue state and she just kind of leaves the house because she can't uh, and in the middle of this also she her husband has divorced her so she's at she's by herself mm -hmm. and um that's a whole other part of the story so she leaves the house and um she gets reported for it and she has to go to the school for good mothers and really was it they, they're trying to re-educate the mothers of how how to be a good parent but it's so weird that it's so weird and creepy they get these um i don't want to spoil anything and this isn't really spoiling it but part of the re-education program is these robot children that they have to mother while they're at this while they're at this place but they're very lifelike robot children because it is like a future futuristic sure. kind of thing um and she does form this kind of bond with this child that's not really a child but she does kind of form this bond with it but all of it is like you i read it in i read it when before it came out um and 
I, you just, you feel so much compassion for the mothers because some of them really didn't do anything, like anything right. that a normal mom wouldn't do. But if you raise your voice at your child, if you feed them something that someone else thinks is unhealthy, if you, you know, the list goes on and on, all things that we mothers sometimes judge each other for, in this scenario, you get sent away because you're a bad mother. Um, and it's a really interesting look at I mean, at motherhood, about what we expect from mothers versus what we expect from fathers. And um, cool. it's creepy, but it's really uh, deep. It was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It was so weird. And I, I love, I love, I love things that are just like, it's already a weird premise. And then something happens and it's like, okay, this is just, this is just <laughs> insane. Like the Echo Wife was like that. Like I remember saying oh, that on when I gosh. did that, the book swap with Louise, like, you you explain the beginning of the premise and that's not even the weirdest part of the book right. <laughs> and that one's this one's kind of like that too i really liked it a lot. to know yeah mm -hmm. yeah it was, it was good i really i really enjoyed it and i don't think you have to be a mother to enjoy it either like it's yeah you could just be a woman and be like yeah this is basically what it's like. <laughs> you're not being you're not doing woman womaning in the right way and you get in trouble for it so yeah but it yeah it's good Highly recommend it. It's very good. <laughs> Your turn. Okay. So my next book came out in October of last year. And I just looked and it comes out in paperback November 1st. So very soon. And it is called Trashlands by Alison Stein. Have you heard of this one? No, I have not. So I got an arc of this back, you know, last year. And I loved it. And I haven't really seen it anywhere. Um, and so I'm excited to talk about it. Mm -hmm. it. It's set in what used to be Appalachia, but now is a massive junkyard after the classic dystopian floods and global warming and mm -hmm. terrible things. Um, it's about a woman named Coral who is a plucker. She pulls plastic from the rivers and woods and they use it in this society as currency. Hmm. Um, and she's trying to save up enough to rescue her son who was taken from her to work in a recycling factory where while the poor people use bits of plastic as currency, the bigger parts are sent to this recycling factory. And so he turns plastic into building materials for the wealthy who are able to live in actual cities um, while everyone else is living in these junkyards. And so Coral lives in uh, a dump called Trashlands and it's named for a club at the edge of this junkyard. Um, and the club owner basically runs the community and not in a good way. Um, He's really abusive to the people that live there. And so um, then everything, you know, the inciting action starts when <laughs> a reporter from one of the cities comes to Trashlands to write a story about, you know, the common people. Mm -hmm. And so Coral is the one to, to show him around and has to decide, you know, if she wants to stay with this community where she's found people or if she's going to use this person to to go find her son mm -hmm. um, and it's it's not 
you know, a happy book by any means. <laughs> most, most dystopian yeah. fiction isn't. But there is, aside from, you know, the club owner junkyard man, <laughs> most people are, yeah, I mean, he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the people are genuinely trying to help each other in this community and mm-hmm. it they they make their lives about more than just surviving in it and so yeah. like coral um both coral and her her partner are artists in what little spare time they have um so she uses the little bits of plastic that are are too small or too worn down to be used for anything else mm-hmm. um makes sculptures out of them and hides them in the woods and in the rivers for people to to find as a little bit of joy mm-hmm. their sad lives um yeah. and her partner is a tattoo artist who creates permanent art for people that come to him um and so yeah it has a little more kindness yeah and, you know stopping to appreciate beautiful things and showing the value that that art and artists have even if everything is going horribly wrong um and so yeah I think it is a great choice for anybody that wants a little more hope in their dystopians yeah um and I I felt like it's really good if you liked Station Eleven yeah how much of that is about art and community and bringing these beautiful things and allowing people a respite from everything horrible happening yeah that even in even in those times that art and creativity and like you're saying like community and togetherness bring can bring you some joy yeah 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 that that always happens with within the oppressed group i feel like like that it's 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 not it's it's not top down it's within the oppressed group usually you know what i mean like and i think that's pretty typical of like well real life but also like in dystopian fiction that is like yeah the the joy and the community and the hope comes from yeah the people who are in the in the same position kind of have you did you um does lindsay has she read this book i don't think so <clears throat> I think way back when I first read it, I mentioned it to her, um, but I have to see. She will now. She, she, yeah. she, will, she will want to now. Maybe. Who knows? But just because, yeah, it seems like it'd be something only because like you were talking about it in Appalachia. And I noticed. Yeah. She's... And the author, I think the author, um, Alison Stein, I think that she's from Appalachia. That area. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hadn't heard of that one. You're right. I, it must have flew under the radar to some degree, but it sounds really good. So good. Yeah. It sounds really, really good. Um, on that, um, a similar note, I'm not going to, this is not one of the books I wanted to talk about because mm-hmm. I kind of talked about it on one of the previous podcasts, but a sim- in that similar vein that the new Celeste Ng, the, um, our missing hearts, it's our, the main character in it is a, um, she's, she's a mother, she's a poet. Um, and she becomes unwillingly or unwittingly the, um, the voice kind of of like the revolution because one of her poems gets turned into like it someone reads it and it becomes kind of like this um 
revolutionary call to action about like and so she doesn't do anything with it but she has to go into hiding because her work gets taken by this group and not in a bad way but it gets taken by this group and made to be like the siren call for people who are not okay with how everything is changing and with what is happening and all the horrible things that are going on and so she has to go into hiding because her the beauty of her words spurs the revolutionary mm -hmm. people to action and so by default she can't she has to leave her family because she's putting them in danger just by being there um but it is that kind of same thing that the the beauty of all of all the beauty of her words turns into the actions of the people who hopefully will get them out of the situation but yeah it was, it's really good yeah i need to read that that sounds so good it is it's really good <laughs> i loved it i read it so fast it was really really good it was one of those ones like at the end i mean it just it is and it's such really beautiful writing i mean she's just such a good writer that it just i mean i was like in tears at the end of it just because it was just really beautiful but that's not the one i wanted to talk about next <laughs> even though it's really good um so, oh anything else you wanted to say about Trashland? no just check it out just read it <laughs> read it um <laughs> all right so the next one i'm going to talk about is called the change and i think this is another one i talked to you about as well um this one came out um actually also very recently it came out in may of this year um and it's described i love the description of it uh is just described as big little lies meets the witches of eastwick which is just Amazing. perfect it really is it's just perfect <laughs> so it's kind of like a feminist revenge fantasy um which i also love <laughs> Sure. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Do a whole, um, whole episode on that. I know. I know. I, I could. I love it. There are so many. The Lost Apothecary. This one. I mean, there's so many that I just love. <laughs> um, the Lost Apothecary is not one of the ones I'm talking about today either, but also very good. Um, so anyway, so this is about these um, three women and they all are, I think one of the reasons why I liked it too, because being 42, um, it's just a different age, like it's just a different experience as you get older, like as a woman. And these women are all um, postmenopausal, so like mm -hmm. it's, it's postmenopausal women, so late forties, fifties, sixties, and it's three main women, and they find that after they have transitioned through menopause, that they just have these like, I don't want to say like weird abilities, because it's not really like a magic power. They just have these. Um, sensitivities that have blossomed and grown that they didn't mm -hmm. have before but they do now like one of them um dead dead girls come to her and because they need someone to help them for something and one of them is more of what you would think of as like a typical witch where she's you know she's growing things in her garden and making things to you know heal people or hurt people <laughs> um mm -hmm. and then another woman who finds that she just uh she has like this <laughs> i related to her very much because her power she just has this like growing rage that gives <laughs> her <laughs> that like gives her an immense amount of strength physically and otherwise she just has this and she's like this little thing mm -hmm. um so it's these three women and they through kind of circuitous routes meet each other um and while that's happening there's also this other story they live in this community um where it's almost like a um jeffrey epstein ish ish situation it's like i think 
some of that story came from that situation because these um the spirits of these girls start coming to the one woman and they have been um they're dead <laughs> um but nobody really knows they're dead and they're girls who come from places who nobody would really miss them um so these women start kind of uncovering this really dark gross twisted like you know not to say network but like situation that the local law enforcement is, and is you know maybe aware of maybe not aware of um and they just decide fuck this we're taking this into our own hands nobody's doing anything so we're gonna do something because we it's it is our job as women to keep other women safe like we it's um no one's gonna do it for us we're gonna do it for each for each other and that's what they do and it is one of like it's very satisfying <laughs> what they do and the way they go about doing it is very very satisfying it was very very good i liked it a lot it was just fun to read because it really is it really is like you it's all this horrible stuff and sometimes you read these stories and it's horrible it's horrible it's horrible and then it's like and you just, you know, and it is, and that's yeah. what it is. And you just got to deal with it. This one's like, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And then they just blow shit up and it's great. <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah. I really liked it because it had a very satisfying, like, uh, had a very satisfying end. <laughs> so that was a good one too. That one is, is, doesn't come out in paperback until, I think it's next year sometime. Um, and maybe if it, if it would work, hello. It's next year sometime. I, I get my thing's not working right now. But yeah, so The Change. It's by Kirsten Miller, and uh, it's really good. Has she written anything else? The name sounds familiar. Yes. Okay. What is it, though? Oh, I think I know her because of this young adult series that yes. she wrote with... Um, Jason Siegel? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember reading that at, when I re was reading this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it is. Because it was, I remember when I read that about her, I thought, oh, I wonder, like, this seems like a really big departure from that type of book. Yeah. So, like, I was wondering, like, well, what will that be? Um, but, yeah, it was it was good. Ooh. Yeah, it was it was a fun read and and pretty fast paced too. Like it's not one that takes a long time, but it was pretty fast paced. It was enjoyable. Back to you. <laughs> yeah, so I have two quick graphic novel recommendations. Awesome for the genre, and one of them is called "Have You Heard of Bitch Planet?" Yes. Yes. So that is by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Valentine. Delandro and it is about women who are considered non-compliant either <laughs> their, their sexuality anything that the men think you know makes yeah. them not a good woman yes um they're yes, familiar with that concept <laughs> as we all are they are sent to an off-planet prison called the auxiliary compliance outpost where they are kind of just left there to, you know, think about what they've done. <laughs> I don't remember if anyone ever gets to leave. It's not like a correctional. It's like an interplanetary timeout. Like yeah. you just said. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, 
And so the series follows the women there. It shows why, you know, what they were arrested for, whatever ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dealing with in the prison, the guards and the relationships and all of that. Um, and so it's a really short, it only has um, 15 issues. Um, and it's pretty, you know, violent and raunchy and, but, but it is a super fun read. Um, where it kind of takes all of all of the stuff to the extreme of you know not only taking away women's rights but sending them to a whole other planet yes mm-hmm. i like i like interplanetary timeout that <laughs> yeah. awesome. you know yeah. uh, a timeout that you never get out of yeah yeah, yeah. so that's good. <laughs> and then another graphic novel that i just read um did i tell you yet about Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer. No. I mean, I know what that is, but no. Yeah. It's by Casey Gilley. Um, and I won't go super into it. If you're a Buffy fan, you will like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is post-apocalyptic dystopia. Um, Buffy is in her 50s. And something ended the Slayer line. Something took out all her friends. So she's all alone. And there was a catastrophe where the sun was blotted out. And so vampires can come out 24-7. They're leading a whole societal regime against humans. And, of course, Buffy is the only one that can stand against it as the last vampire slayer. Um, So that was just a quick one that I just read that I had to throw in there as a cool little dystopia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, I didn't know they were doing. I didn't know they were doing that, like yeah. making a future future Buffy. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. That awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. My my turn. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a couple other books. Um, I have a separate category of set in other worlds that we can we can okay. touch on if okay. you have something to go on. Yeah. Yeah, so I have, um, I mean, I have two or three more. We can, I don't, there's, I just made a like running list of like, what have I read recently that it would fall into this category? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to talk about all of them because there's, there's a lot because I do love this genre. <laughs> all right. But the next one I'm going to talk about, it came out a couple years ago. Um, it came out in paperback in like 2019. So it's called The Power by Naomi Alderman. Yes. Um, that was and- one that I had on my list, but I, thought you would talk about so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah it was one that came to me I really liked it when I read it um it was yeah it came out a couple years ago and so it's out in paperback now I don't um we haven't had it in stock for a while but I think after this we will um so it's it is um set in it's like a real world setting so it's like life is what it is normally but um with a just like a a twist of nature teenage girls kind of when they hit puberty um they something happens in the world and teenage girls and women have the ability to um there's probably a better way to describe this i just like i conduct electricity (laughs) i guess there's probably a better way to say it but they Mm -hmm. can cause physical pain and even kill people 
right? Mm -hmm. um, if they decide to, if they want to. And so with that change, the entire like hierarchy of the world resets. And all of a sudden, um, men are terrified of women and women are in charge and women are the most powerful. And I liked this book because for a few reasons. One, because I think it's a an interesting conceit, you know, that all of a sudden men are afraid of women. Mm -hmm. Normally in feminist dystopian fiction, the men aren't usually afraid of women. You know, there's not really like a threat to them other than like, you lose a little, you're, Less power. You're a little, yeah, you lose a little bit of your perceived power or whatever. But in this one, it's like, no, we can murder you if we want to. Like you do something we don't like and we can flat out just murder you and no one can stop us. Um, and so the whole hierarchy of the world just kind of flips. And it's about that and what that is like, about what that would be like. But it's also about like, I've heard so many women, like over the years, people say like, you know, well, if a woman was in power, this wouldn't happen. If a woman did this, you know, if we had a woman president, then this. Um, and then there is a little bit of truth to that, I think, to some degree. But this um, book kind of takes that idea and turns it on its head because the idea that women are also fully human mm -hmm. and not every woman who wants power wants it for the right reasons. And just because a woman is empowered doesn't mean things will be better um, because women are just as, can be just as corrupt as men, maybe on a, in a, at a fewer percentage, maybe, I don't know. But yeah, if you all of a sudden just had the ability to cause pain and kill at will, I mean, what would stop you from doing what you want? So it's an interesting twist on that. And that's kind of what I liked it for. Um, I, I wasn't, I didn't always love the, um, the writing style, but mm -hmm. I loved the story and I loved the ideas. And it really made me think like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, women are not inherently better than men. We sure. just have been the oppressed group for, well, one of the many oppressed groups for a long time so like we have a you know maybe we would be more responsible with our power but maybe we wouldn't <laughs> because yeah. maybe if we could make you pay for all of the crap you've put us through over the centuries and centuries and millennia maybe we would yeah it's one of the few that we're talking about that isn't about women's rights being taken away right yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's kind of like this fluke of nature, and all of a sudden, it's a little bit like um, so. There's a graphic novel series that was made only into one season of a show. I'm sad about it. Um, Why <laughs> the Last Man? Have you heard oh, of that? Yeah, I did. I have never watched it, but I saw previews for it, and I thought, oh, I should watch that. And then it's just one of those ones that never. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, all the men suddenly die um right at the beginning and I don't this is maybe controversial I don't love the comics I think the show was amazing I was devastated that it only got one season um but it is about now all these women are in power and yeah what does that look like and there yeah. is a lot of that same kind of thing where like yeah people have said if women were in charge everything would be chill yeah but you know depends on which women are in charge yeah everybody's different. um mm. yeah that's i i really liked the power though i i yeah. enjoyed that one yeah i did too i think just because it was such a different trope like than you're yeah. than, than you normally get with feminist dystopian fiction i liked mm -hmm. that yeah 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I have, um, I don't know, should I, should I go both one after the other? Yeah. Otherworldly. Yeah. Dystopian. Okay. So one of my favorite books ever is The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. Um, And that is, yeah, it's set in an alternate world where climate change has gone so far wrong that the seasons are deadly and unpredictable and can last for years. Um, kind of like the the winter in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. That's, that was actually um, the first thing I yeah. thought of. <laughs> yeah, winter is coming. Is, they call them fifth seasons. There are apocalypse level incidents, like earthquakes and volcanoes and poisonous air. Um, where Sounds familiar. <laughs> every once in a while, these fifth seasons come. It's you can't predict it, um, and so it's impossible to really establish a permanent society because every time you you know build a city or form a government right around the corner is another fifth season like catastrophic um, event that wipes that you can't see coming and so there are people in this world that can affect um affect the earth called origins and people hate them because they think Basically, to sum it up, basically that they they cause the fifth seasons when really they're the people who could, if if there is a huge earthquake, kind of like Avatar Earthbend and protect people, but they think it's their fault. Um, and in this in the fifth season, it's this the societies that do farm form are really harsh. You know, your value is based on your usefulness. And when a fifth season does start, if you can't contribute, you're left to die. Um, Nobody's going to take care of you. And so the book follows a woman who is an origin. And so is her daughter. Mm -hmm. But it opens with her husband kidnapping the daughter. Right. Mm -hmm. As it seems like another fifth season is about to start. Um, And so she sets out to get her daughter back by any means necessary while the world is collapsing around her. Um, it is told from a couple of different points of view and just does such interesting things with language and point of view and looking at this society. And it's so good. I know I keep saying that about yeah. all these books, but like, it's just, it is shocking. Uh, amazing and yeah so good again another one that's been on my tbr pile for a really long like ever since you read it like years ago and like raved about i remember thinking okay that's one i gotta read and it yeah it's just always one i've got to read but that makes me want to read it even more <laughs> um and is it a standalone it's not so there are no because there's the yeah the trilogy yeah she has a couple of um NK Jemison has a couple of other series. She has a new book coming out soon. That's a sequel to The City We Became. Um okay. which is kind of a New York City based Lovecraft kind of thing. Um okay. which is also great. <laughs> um, yeah, the fifth season is the first book in the Broken Earth trilogy. And she won an award. Was it fifth season she won yeah, an award for? Fifth season. She won the was it the Nebula or the no? What did she win an award for? 
let me see. She won the Hugo for best novel and was the first African-American writer to win a Hugo in that category. I think there was something else, like maybe the other books also won big awards as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was the Hugo. That's what it was. Why did, why did I, is the Nebula Award a real thing or did I just make that up? It, <laughs> is, it is a sci-fi fantasy thing. That's right. That's what yeah. it is. You Good didn't. God. I know. Maybe it I'm on so much medication. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is addled. Who knows? I think it won a couple of different things. Yeah. So. I remember, and we've always, like, we keep that one in stock because it's, yeah, it's good. So I've heard. <laughs> it was nominated for a Nebula. Okay. Yeah, I remember there was a big, um, there was a big, there were big okay, hullabaloos about all of that. So each book in the series won the Hugo for Best Novel, and she is the first person to win the Hugo That's, yeah. three years in a row, which is amazing. Yeah yeah like unheard of that's crazy yeah yeah so that's how good they are <laughs> yeah. yeah um and then my other otherworldly feminist dystopian and this is maybe the farthest out there gideon the ninth by tamson oh, you love that one. <laughs> i love this book and yeah. it might just be that i'm trying to squeeze it into every category that i can um, <laughs> and i'm hoping that i can explain this without big spoilers um the most basic plot of this first book in the lock tomb series is that it's about necromancers in space solving a murder mystery in a haunted house mm -hmm. which know. doesn't immediately <laughs> sound <laughs> like it should go in this category of feminist dystopian but the world it takes place in has clearly experienced some sort of apocalypse. The necromancers have all this power because everything is just kind of dying. Mm -hmm. And there are things that imply that our Earth exists or did exist in this universe. Okay. And yeah, like I said, without spoiling anything, because you, you do have to go into this series kind of totally unaware of what it, nothing yeah. and just trusting yeah author um, like going for the ride yeah for sure um but the, yeah there are certain things that make you think that this was once earth or these mm -hmm. characters you know way back ancestors were once mm -hmm. from earth um and yeah this is such a weird book it's so good <laughs> Um, I remember you saying that when I get you're like it's so it, weird but it's so it's good not for I, I will say it's not for everyone yeah um part of what makes me think earth is involved is the in the first book the <clears throat> head of memes um and like references to mm -hmm. possible yeah possible pop culture references okay some of them are more obvious some of them are little winks that you're like did that just yeah, is that what it is? That what I think it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but feminist dystopian, and that yeah, this is a collapsed world. Um, most of the main characters are women, and they are powerful, and they are in charge of what's happening to them. Um, 
And then is Harrow the Ninth? Is it a Harrow the Ninth is a sequel. Okay, it is. Okay. It's like you're reading a different series for most of it. Mm -hmm. It each book, so there's there's three right now with a fourth on the way. Um, and yeah, each one feels like a completely different book. Wow. But I think the the most recent one, which was Nona the Ninth, which just came out in September. Yeah. That feels the most post-apocalyptic dystopia to me. Are they going forward in time then? Or is it, does that make sense? Like, or is it, okay. Yes. Okay. To agree. Okay. Yeah. So I'm trying, not trying to, I don't want you to spoil, I don't want you to say anything you don't want to say, but I'm just trying to understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yes and no, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's, so that's, that's my, my, my weird one that I'm yeah. slipping in. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. It's awesome. <clears throat> All right. So one of my other ones is, um, oh crap. Uh, it's called Vox. Now, yes, this is not my very favorite one of all of these. I, I remember like, when I you like read the concept. It. Yeah, I thought the concept was interesting. Um, it's and everything is always like you know they say like if you love The Handmaid's Tale, read mm-hmm. this one. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one also came out in I think twenty. When did the hardcover came out? It came out in paperback in twenty nineteen. I think yeah, it came out the summer of twenty eighteen. So it's a, it's a few years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it um takes place in like a current day america and it is um i'm trying to remember i read it so long ago i don't think there's ever maybe there is a reason why but at some point the government decides um to limit the amount of words that women are allowed to speak per day so this kind of like um was happening concurrent with like the me too movement and the idea of women being silenced and not being able or allowed to speak up or being afraid to speak up for for different things so it takes that idea and it says you know what if women really were actually like not just um limited by culture but actually limited like they're only allowed to speak whatever amount of time um so this book takes that idea and it's um, and, and they have ways of monitoring it and doing all that stuff, but it's women and girls um, have a limit on how much they're allowed to speak per day. So they have to decide what is important enough for me to say um, and how do I say it in the least amount of words possible. So because like once you're once you're done, you're done. <laughs> once you're out of your words, you're out of your words. Um, and if you go, obviously, if you don't do it, things happen to you. Um, so it it's focuses on mainly on this one family and the woman um is a doctor and she and she has a son and she has a daughter and one of the um scary but believable parts of it is how quickly the uh men fall in line with it kind of and just don't question it like they it just becomes well we're doing this now kind of like this is now this is what we're doing and so you know the 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 um the main character's husband he's sympathetic to her but also just going along with it and you also kind of see then how uh younger 
younger boys, younger men, younger boys, um, it just very quickly becomes this is normal and it's okay and it's how it should be. And um, so it's it's about like, uh, it's about what would you, what would you really do if your voice could, wouldn't, cannot be heard? Um, and what lengths would you go to? And this, and this woman makes choices um, out of just pure anger at it, but also it's because she's trying to protect her daughter and the -hmm. younger girls who, who will have to live with this as well as they grow up. Um, yeah, it came out, I, I really liked it. It came out a a bunch of years ago and again, not what, not like, I think not my favorite of all of these, but I liked the, I liked the conceit of it. I liked the idea of like, um, cause it's specifically like, she's still allowed to be, she's still there. You're not, limited in some of the things you're allowed to do you're not sure. limited but you're a lot your your voice is kind of taken away from you and yeah. that's kind of the idea I remember reading that either an advanced copy or when it first came out mm-hmm. and also it not like you said not being my favorite mm-hmm. but there are parts of it that I can still remember and yes really stand out to me yeah. um I remember a scene of the daughter coming home from school mm-hmm. and I think they had had, you know, a contest to see which of the little girls at school could say the least words. Yep. And I, yep. that, I remember that even if, yeah, even if the book was not my favorite, it stuck with me for sure. Yeah. I think, it, I think one of the creepy things about it is that it made literal a lot of the, um, unspoken cultural expectations of girls like right in real life right now you know what I mean like and it took those things and it was like okay well let's actually make that a literal thing that a girl can't do Mm -hmm. and put it like that it's like well that would never happen but then when you think about it it's like well no I mean that that to a degree that is how it is for right. for a lot of girls and that in itself is disturbing that you're reading it and you're like oh my god like this is <laughs> this isn't that far off to some degree <laughs> but yeah yeah and i i liked that part of it that it was kind of like oh it really makes you think about real life like what what our expectations of women and girls are in mm-hmm. different settings in real life and how you expect them to behave what you expect them to say what's okay to say what's not okay you know and that yeah so I liked it I thought it was I thought it was good it's a um yeah it's it's worth a read I think I think all of these are like worth reading they might not all strike you the same way but I think they're all worth reading because like you said not all of them are for everybody but I think like you know certain ones will really hit with certain people and maybe not others yeah yeah. <clears throat> Do you have any others? Um, that is all I have. Like in depth. Yeah. Um, uh, I, no, I'm yeah, and I'm I'm good if that's if that's what we have. I had one other one. Okay. That I thought um, and now I had I'm one that, that I thought about that I wasn't sure if maybe would would fall more into what you were looking at. Um, yeah, which was um, future home of the living God. Oh, I freaking loved that book. Yeah. Oh, how did I miss that one? God, okay. I missed that, that one. For sure, that was one that you were going to bring. Um, uh, no, I totally, I, yeah. No, good. Talk about that one. I loved okay. it. Yeah. So that, oh gosh, when did that come out? 
Hmm. It was a couple years ago, but I couldn't tell you an actual date. Pre-COVID. <laughs> Um, yeah. November 2017. Okay. So a little while. Um, Yeah. so yeah, that's by Louise Erdrich. Um, more similar to something like Handmaid's Tale than some of the other ones that we've talked about. Um, it's a lot to do with pregnancy and regulating pregnancy in women's bodies. Um, and in this case, it's because evolution is kind of ticking backwards and women who give birth often the babies are almost not recognizably human. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been so long since I've read it. I know, yeah, Um, me so too, but as you're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was I loved it. So the pregnant women are, you know, rounded up, taken to birthing centers to be observed for their health. And I'm using air quotes here. Um, and so it's about a specific woman um, named Cedar Hawk Songmaker. Um, she is pregnant when the book starts. She's an American Indian woman who was adopted by a white couple and during the book is looking for her birth mother to learn about her genetic history because as her pregnancy progresses, it seems like maybe her baby is normal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, And she has to keep yeah. it as that a secret, right? Like she has to, She's got a secret. she doesn't want anyone to find out because she knows what will happen if they know. Right. And so she is, you know, becoming... more and more vulnerable both because of the changing society around her and also the changes happening to her as she gets you know more and more pregnant it's hard to be on the run Mm-hmm. um and yeah they're rounding up the pregnant women um and yeah yeah that was one that i read Yeah. another one i read right right when it came out and i think it's my first book by louise erdrich um But yeah. I've read I've read a couple other others of hers too and I I love hers. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. she's another one of those authors that every time something comes out I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay, Yeah. I'm going to read that." <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, cuz they're yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot I don't know how I missed that one. I'm so mad at myself. How did I miss that? I loved that book. <clears throat> There's as we're talking, I'm thinking of other things and I'm like, oh I should have thought of that one. But then this would this ep this would be like hours long. We Yeah. just I would just sit here and be like, and this one. And do you ever read this one? <laughs> yeah. We could sit here, we could do a whole other episode just about TV shows. <laughs> yeah, about like dystopian TV shows that we love. Because yeah, Station Eleven was beautiful. I loved it. The book and the TV show. I love. Also loved the TV show. I know people have mixed opinions about that, but I liked it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Um, the last one I have is kind of. It's kind of feminist dystopian fiction, and it's technically in the sci-fi section. Um, <clears throat> so it's by Sarah Flannery Murphy. It's called Girl One. Um, and it so it is technically this one is technically sci-fi. Um, And it is about um, a girl named Josie, and she was born, she's one of nine, they call them miracle babies. Um, they were born via parthenogenesis, which 
means there was no there's no dna from a father so like they their moms just became pregnant a la the blessed mother mary kind of <laughs> um but the reason why is because they were in this kind of almost like a cult-ish kind of situation mm -hmm. where there was this kind of like crazy scientist and he did experiments on these women at a place called the homestead um and so <clears throat> these nine girls were born and raised at this like farm kind of place where um like the surrounding community they were just kind of i mean weird at outcasts they were called like all kinds of names that you would you know that you can imagine people calling a child not born in a normal way sure. um you know what i mean like so anyway at one point um the main character josie her mom goes missing and then there's all these kind of like um weird events that happen around the lives of the people and she goes on this um journey to find some of the other girls um, mm -hmm. and ultimately to try to find her mom and she starts uncovering all this other all this stuff about who her mom is and what was really going on at that homestead place and then um and and then um uncovering the lives of her sisters because eventually they all the women left the homestead um some because they wanted to some because they had to and um she kind of tries to find her quote unquote sisters um, mm -hmm. and her and also trying to find her mom and as they do that they also uncover that when these girls are together they have certain um abilities that mm -hmm. they didn't know they had um so it's kind of about it's it's this weird story of like sisterhood about motherhood about um you know being lied to about who you are and what and and what you are and uh, the power that that you have as a as a woman as a person i it was it was a different one it's not i don't again not for everybody i think because it's um if you're not into sci-fi this one won't be for you but uh, it, i really enjoyed it it was it was kind of like it's like a sci-fi uh, mystery <laughs> kind of a feminist dystopian sci-fi mystery <laughs> but yeah it was it was good i enjoyed it and that one came out did i already say that it came out uh well it came out in paperback in some, the summer of this year okay. and so yeah so it came out like the end of last year i think or the mid middle of last year or something like that yeah last summer yeah that was, that was a good one. yeah it was a good one i think yeah we've we've had it uh for a while at the shop but like yeah. it, it goes in and out but it, it was a good one it, it's weird it's a little bit more on the weirder side mm -hmm. all of the all of these are weird but, but yeah but it was good so anyway so i think that that was the last one i mean i could go on and on but that was the last yeah. one I, I wrote down yeah me too yeah. okay <laughs> good yeah I, I love we'll have to do like uh, a part two of yes. like as we read more we'll have to do like i like two. i like the idea of a women revenge episode oh yeah i have oh, a couple but... as soon as you said that i already started thinking of a few yeah. yeah feminist revenge fantasy also like one of my favorite subgenres. it makes me so happy <laughs> either like in books and in tv or movies mm -hmm. it's just mwah, just my favorite <laughs> just, i just love it makes me so happy even if it even if it makes the women like turn into these horrible like i just yeah. i just love the idea no. of, of <laughs> burning it all down <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, that's good.
So what are you going to do tonight? Hang oh, man. I can't oh, watch Game to- of Thrones. Watch Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> oh, you have to text me or, or yes. talk to me about it next time you see me because I'm so excited yes. to see what you think because it is – yeah. once, so- <laughs> once you get to the end, you're going to – yeah. Once you get to the end of this episode, you're going to be like um, – you're going to think of what we just talked about and you're going to be like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. Yes good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's good i loved it it was, it was a good episode yeah it's it very enjoyable <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna go play some D D. so <laughs> yeah it's good to see you you too do you work... get to <laughs> yeah do you work this week at all yeah i'm in on saturday will i see oh i won't see you then all right uh, next week and then on friday okay yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you then. And I think I think hours are going to change a little bit too just because of the holiday yeah. season. So I think it's going to be a little bit more like everyone's going to be all over the place. Yeah. But so maybe we'll maybe we'll our schedules are overlap will overlap more. Yeah. We can talk more about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Have you started watching the the um the Lord of the Rings, the five the- Just the first episode. Have you? I, I haven't watched I like- any of it. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I just have so many things to watch <laughs> right that's what we we were making a decision because because um oh and did you i didn't know this the house of the dragon mm-hmm. did you you probably know this because you're younger than me but Lindsay told me the other day she's like do you know like she said hot d and i was like what's hot d and she's like that's what they're calling house of the dragon oh, on social media because it's because it's h-o-t-d and she's like they're calling it a hot d and i was like that's like the best thing I've ever heard. So yeah, so no, now I'm just gonna ref- now I'm just gonna refer to it as Hot D. Um, yes. So anyway, Hot D and Lord of the Rings show were coming out at the same time, and we were yes. Dan and I were both like, I don't want to watch both at the same time. I want to like yeah, one and then the other. So Hot D. I did too, only because I thought it will be harder to avoid spoilers for Hot D than it will be for <laughs> than it will be for the Lord of the Rings for the Lord of the Rings show. So. Yeah, so event I will we are gonna watch that. We just haven't started yet. Yeah. <laughs> like I, said, I liked the first episode. But yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I, I mean I it's like anything else. I mean, it brings me back into a world I love, sure. I mean, I feel the same way about like Fantastic Beasts. I feel the same mm-hmm. way about like like yeah, like hot D. <laughs> I feel the same way about all of it. Cause, you know, it takes me back to a world that I love, so why not? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Well, it's good to see you. Hopefully this works. Cross your fingers. Hopefully hopefully the audio works and everything. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out soon. This is not one of the... My my neighbors have taken up... The kids next door have taken up drumming. Oh, fun. This was not one of the times. Oh, good. That was good. That would not have worked well. (laughs) But I understand. I have a five-year-old running around upstairs and singing and playing pretend so who knows what i couldn't hear alish oh that's good yeah (laughs) this mic that i use picks up everything which is great which is it's a good mic it's great but it picks up everything so like dan was like do you want us to try to be quiet and i was like it's a futile it's not gonna happen so like this this will just be what it will be and if there's noise in the background there's some noise in the background so yeah but hopefully we'll see (laughs) is it fun is this fun experiment we're gonna try it again i'm gonna try it again with Lindsay. we're gonna do some um like hot like horror Her, reads yeah. yeah so that'll be fun cool yeah all right well have a good night you too talk all to right. you soon. all right see ya enjoy your hot day <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Bye. From the people who sell you actual books in a real-life indie bookshop comes a podcast all about books and the love of reading. So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Aaron's Books.